thank you, Lord. Just keep thanking you, Lord, for what you've already done in us. You've already done so much in us, God. And I thank you, Lord, you're not finished with us. And we just, Lord, we're going to trust in you. We're going to rely on you. We're going to lean upon you as your church, Lord. I thank you that you are just as alive and active. You are just as much God today in 2019, Lord, as the moment you breathed life into Adam and Eve's lungs, Lord, as you breathed into them, Lord, and they became living flesh, Lord, I thank you, God, that you want to do the same thing with us this morning. So we just pray that the word of God, which it tells of us, tells the Lord of your word, that out of your mouth the word came. We thank you, Jesus, that the worlds were formed, they were framed, that everything that we see came from your word. And Lord, so breathe your word into us this morning, Lord. That's the life we need. That is it. There's nothing else that matters. We just welcome you, Lord, again in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I just, I just have a word for you this morning. Just begin to seek the Lord, and, and I was just asking him for uh, what he wanted to speak. And um, as I say many times, we could open the word really anywhere because it's all life. The word is life. The word itself is life. And we could just open his word and find life within it. But I'm always asking him for that word for today. What is the word that you have for right now? So the Lord knew you'd be here this morning, and I'm just believing that he's going to speak from uh, his heart to you. And so uh, let's just go right into his word. I just have some text here I want to read, and then the Holy Spirit can just take this and put it into your hearts. And so I want you to turn with me or look to the screen to Exodus chapter 3, Exodus chapter 3, verse 1, and we have a character here, one of the most famous characters of our Bible, which is Moses, and Moses here in Exodus chapter 3 uh, is um, 80 years old, he's 80 years old, so you're never too old, it's never too late, to have an encounter with God. Say, it's never too late to have an encounter with God. Uh, many people think that, you know, we, we retire in the kingdom. I think it's so funny when pastors retire. I'm not saying they need to lead a church full time, full time, but I think it's funny like when a pastor retires because when you serve the Lord, you know, there's no age. There's no young. There's no old, really, either. And, and so he's 80 years old, it's never too late, and uh, there's a bit of backdrop to this story in Acts 7, which I'll read in a moment, but let's just read here. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 1, it says, One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock into the wilderness. Everybody say, into the wilderness. So Moses is out there in the wilderness. He's all alone. It's just him and the sheep. And he came to Sinai, or you may know it in your Bible as Horeb, 
which we believe is the same mountain. It's the mountain of God. Okay, so he came to the mountain of God, and it says, there, the angel of the Lord. Everybody say, the angel of the Lord. It says, there, he appeared to him. Everybody say, he appeared to him. It says, he appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. And it says that Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. So in verse 3, it says, This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. In the New King James, in verse 3, it says, Moses said, I will now, and I want you just to read this out loud with me, I will now turn aside. It says that Moses saw a bush that was burning, and it wasn't burning up. Something caught his attention. Say, something caught his attention. You know, God has a way of catching your attention, doesn't he? Has, has God caught your intention in your life, right? And, and sometimes we, it wasn't just one time, right? We wander away and he catches our attention again. God has a way of catching our attention. But I read this and I was struck by it. I really felt like the Lord said, I want you to preach on the burning bush. And I was so struck by it because it says that Moses, it says that the Lord appeared but in this moment, all it is is a bush. Right now, it's just a bush burning. Moses doesn't know it's the Lord. He just says, I'm going to turn aside and I'm going to see this great sight. Why the bush does not burn. As I started to meditate on these verses, I started to just to meditate and think about how many times God's trying to get our attention and he either gets our attention for a moment or we just pass by. We recognize it's something interesting. That's interesting, God. That's interesting. That's something, there's something, something to that, right? How many of you in your life, and I even had this happen this week, where I'm reading something, studying something, and then someone says something, right? Who has that happen? Anybody ever have that happen? The day you're reading it, you hear it on the radio. And then someone else says it here. And, and, you, know, and you know what we do? We go, well, that's mate. There's something to that. That's interesting. You know what happens? The very next day, we forget. Who's had that happen? God's trying to get our attention. And I believe this is the moment he's trying to get our attention. I believe he has a word for you today. That the Lord is standing amongst a burning bush. That there is, he's put a sign in front of you. And I believe he's done it, he does it in many different ways, right? He speaks to us all in different ways. It's the same Lord, but he speaks to all of us in your language. He, we all have a different story. We all have different backgrounds. We all have different things going on in our lives right now. We have all different places that he's taking us. We have all different calls, right? We don't have the same call, thank God, right? So the Bible says Right? We can't all be an eye or all be a mouth, right? but there's many parts to the body. So the Lord's doing it 
differently as far as the details go, but it's the same story for each of us that the Lord comes and finds you. But I find that this story is so much like the rest of the Word of God in the sense that God is there waiting and many people just pass Him by. They recognized even when Jesus walked on the earth. Who remembers, right? We remember that there's just too many verses to read, but we can go through the Gospels, and Jesus is walking there in the flesh. He is literally, do you realize that Jesus is literally the burning bush in the flesh? Do you realize that? Getting ahead of myself here. But I'm just going to go there. Before we, before we go any further here in in Exodus, then let's just listen to the Holy Spirit here. The burning bush, he says, before his response, we'll get into his response in a minute, it says, as he's talking to this burning bush, he says, who am I going to say you are? And in verse 14, God replies to Moses, I am. Everybody say, I am. He says, I am who I am. And say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent you. So this bush is literally, I am. Now, but just, are, we, are you okay? You follow me all right? But right now, he doesn't know that. You know that because we can read ahead, all right? We've got inside information because we can read ahead we can look at the scriptures and we can look at the whole book as a whole now we can look at the whole of God so we know it's I am but he doesn't even realize so right now I am is right there God is literally next to him he's just right next to him you know that God is right next to you you know when he promised I will never leave you and never forsake you he keeps that promise but I think that we just miss him so often so many times as i just brought up that scenario and i just had that happen this week i just finished reading a book the very next day i run into this person who mentions a topic of the book the main topic of the book i just read and i said that's interesting and then he he mentions another author later that day i went into my audible and i put on a, on a book because i just wanted to listen to something and i didn't even remember I just downloaded a random recommended book from Audible the week before, and it's the exact author, the exact book that he just recommended that day. I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to listen. I'm not going to just stare at this burning bush and say, that's cool. That was a cool moment. I'm just excited, Lord, that you are speaking, that you're real, and then I'm just going to go on with my life. I'm going to stop and see what you have to say. So inside information, this is the I am. In fact, we have Jesus later on. Just to make it really clear who this bush is. Everybody say, who's the bush? It's not a bush. It's a burning bush. That's how we viewed it, but it's not a bush, is it? It's just how God appeared. Come on, it's the Lord, isn't it? We know that because we can read in the New Testament, and I'm just going to read it here. I'm jumping around because I'm trying to make a point here, and and I want to try to not talk so long. Everybody can laugh now. You can you can. Chime in with your laughter that I'm not going to talk so long. This is the famous last words of the preacher. But John chapter 8, verse 58, it says, Jesus answered, I tell you the truth, 
Before Abraham was even born, I am. Before Abraham was even born, I am. Everybody say, I am. I am was standing off to the side. He was right there. Everybody say he was right there. You know when you finally turn to Jesus. Everybody say, I turn to Jesus. Anybody in here not turn to him? You can tell me if you didn't. Did you, anybody in here not turn to him? All right, at some point, you turn to him, right? Do you know that's what the word repentance means? The word repentance, the fullness of the meaning is not, I'm sorry, Lord. Everybody thinks repentance is that I said I was sorry to the Lord. I repented. No, repentance means to turn. It means you were going in a particular direction. And repentance means I turned from that direction and now I'm facing a new direction. Now I'm following the Lord. Just like we have Peter, right? And we have John and they're there, they're there by the sea and the Lord calls to them and they turn from what they were doing and follow Jesus. And we have Elijah who comes and says to Elisha, right? We just talked about this recently. And he gives them the opportunity to follow. And he says, he throws upon the mantle, he throws the anointing upon him and says, he tosses it upon him and says, you know, this is your choice. If we're going to put it in 2019, American English, your choice. He's, he, says, he says, just consider, think about this. I, it's not me. I'm just doing what the Lord told me to do. Think about this. Consider what I've done for you here. Now, Elisha makes the choice. Elisha, right, he burns. Come on, he burns the plow. He slaughters his, his bulls or, you know, whatever to, that he was plowing with, right? He, he, he makes an, a meal of it. He's finished. He walks away, and he follows Elijah. He turns from his present way and followed Elijah. The opportunity is there for every single person in this world to turn and follow Jesus. The sad truth is, is that most, and that is incredibly sad, it is heart-wrenching. I just, I can't even fathom it. And if I can't, imagine the heartbreak in the Lord's heart that most people will not turn to him. But let's just get a picture of this. You're saying, well, you know, I don't know. The world might call these words like life signs. I don't want to get weird, but the world's got names for everything. The Lord's got some signs in your life. Like, you know, it's a lot easier for someone who's actually just came off of drugs, <laughs> right? Or someone who's going through a divorce, someone who's going through a, a financial crisis to come to the Lord because they realize that they've got nothing. The hardest thing is actually to reach the person who feels like they've got everything and they've got life figured out and they don't need. Why would they need God? The hardest thing is to recognize our immense need for him. It's so easy. So you might say to me, well, you know, sometimes I miss the signs because, you know, if Jesus would just come and just stand there and just talk to me and make it clear that he's God, then I wouldn't miss him so many times. 
And so Jesus says, okay, let's try that. Let's try that. And Jesus comes on the earth, and he walks on the earth as flesh. And he literally, now he did, he spoke in many parables. And he, he shielded, it's, it's absolutely true that he shielded many of the truths from the general public and only spoke them to the disciples. That's the truth of the Bible. But as far as who he was, the, the real, who he was as Jesus, you know what you find? Those that want to find him, found him. And those that wanted to reject him, were able to reject him. Jesus condemns the very people that should have known. Right? How many times do we hear him say, you don't know this? And even with his disciples, he's pleading with them. He's actually showing them deeper revelation. He, they're getting to see the behind the scenes. They're getting to see the miracles. And in fact, they've even worked miracles through their own hands by his sending them out. And yet, we still find them lacking in faith. And the point is, is that Jesus has given us an opportunity to turn to him. And many times we miss that he's standing right there. Many missed him. He was standing right there in the flesh and they just miss him. In fact, one of my favorite stories in the whole Bible is, is this, just backdrop, those that should have seen, those that knew the word, the intricacies of the word, the ins and outs of the word, those people reject Jesus. They can't see him. They just can't see that this man is God, even though he's plainly shown them that, I mean, he even says to them, can Satan Cast out Satan? I mean, how do you not get it? How plain do I need to make it? That I'm the one that you've been waiting for. They miss him. But then there's a blind beggar. Who knows the story? It's one of my favorite stories because it really comes down to the heart. I'm confident that if you will give your heart fully to him, when you come to him, man, something begins to change in you. A, a, a whole brand New life just breaks out. You literally become, like the word says, a new creature, a new creation, born again. You were dead and now you are alive. It happens when we give to him everything. And they were resisting because they couldn't get it in their minds. They had so many things. It's like, well, it's you know, Nazareth, Galilee. You know, I don't know. He's a carpenter's son. It just doesn't make sense. I, we're trying to put the pieces together. It doesn't make sense. Then you got a blind beggar who doesn't really, he can't even, he can't perceive all these things. They didn't have Braille back then, by the way. No Braille, no word. But man, his spirit, he hears Jesus coming. He had heard, you know, you can just imagine the, the crowds talking. I mean, he's not an idiot just because he can't see because he's a beggar. We have a funny saying at work. I don't know everything, but I'm not an idiot either. He wasn't an idiot just because he was a beggar. And, and he was listening 
And, and he recognized something about Jesus. And he cries out to him. And here, meanwhile, those that could physically see Jesus and physically see what he was doing, they miss him. And here's the person who can't physically see, but is willing to just, you know, he just put all the guards down. He doesn't have all the guards up. You know, we put so many guards up. We just get busy. We get doing. We get our ideas. And it's like, well, it needs to be this way. And it needs to be that way. And I'm settled here. And uh, retirement, it doesn't really fit into my schedule. And et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we box out Jesus. And what about this? And what about life? And what about death? And what about other gods? And what about the stars? And, and, we, and we have endless whatabouts, endless discussions and debates to try to figure out God. Meanwhile, just in simplicity, you know, it's not hard to figure out why this guy got it because it says that the humble, come on, the meek, it's the low. They're always the ones that find God. They're the ones that they just say, you know, they come to him, they come uh, to, um, uh, I'm going blank if he's the same story, but you'll get me. They come to the other blind man, I think it's a different blind man, but it may be the same blind man, but remember they come to him and they say, they say, who did this? And he's like, well, I, I don't know, you know, uh, it was, uh, I, I was, well, how did it happen? And it's like, well, I was, I was blind, but now I can see. It's not that hard to figure out here. I, I was blind, and now I see, okay? Blind, now I see. I think that that's amazing, okay? And so finally, they keep, you know, prodding him, and, and he's like, do you want to, why, do you want to become one of his disciples too? And they curse him, and, and they, they're so stuck and so stubborn in their ways, so set in their path. Everybody say they were set in their path that they miss that there was a blind man that can see. They want to know more about how it happened. Well, you know, I mean, it's Sunday, Saturday, but I'm just giving you an idea because it's the Sabbath. I mean, you know, just that alone tells me it's got to be the devil because, I mean, who would heal a person on the Sabbath? That's works. Do you see how we can miss Jesus standing right there. And I believe that Jesus is standing in this room today. Again, he's here. Well, I know he's here because his word is here. So I believe he's here in person too, because I just believe that's who Jesus is. I believe he's alive. He's omnipresent, right? And he's here. In fact, if you don't believe he's here in his word, well, uh, I know that you received him into your life. So he'd be in here because you're in here. All right. So Jesus is in this room. He's just as alive as he was when he walked the earth in the flesh, he's just as alive now in his word in us. But so many times the Lord is trying to get our attention because he has something for us, because he has something that he needs us to do, to say, etc. And we miss it because we're already, we're heading in a direction, we're doing our thing. And he's standing right there. And I find this so many times that the Lord is a gentleman. Everybody say the Lord's a gentleman. I know that that gets, people don't like that. People don't like that theology that God doesn't push. But I just don't see it. I don't see him forcing. Back to Exodus. Let's go back to Exodus now. Now that we know who this burning bush is. Anybody, everybody clear? This is Jesus. You know, this is pre-coming on the earth. 
as, you know, Satan, the reason he didn't recognize them is because dis he disguised them in Mary's DNA. Come on, right? When Jesus comes back and is, in his, in his, uh, uh, and he's walking on the road to Emmaus, which I want to look at in a little while, just thinking of that, it's true that they might have just been, you know, it says that their eyes were blind so they couldn't see, but I, do, I don't believe that he was, was the DNA of Mary anymore. That's it. You know, he's, he came back and he's starting to be, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit's already been working on him. He's come back to life. There's, there's you know, the Jesus that was before Mary is, is walking on the earth. So I don't know that they just, like, didn't recognize him like their eyes were just blinded. I think he didn't even look like the Jesus they knew. I mean, he's always going to have his scars and his hands and his feet and his side because that's for, that's for all time. That's a sign of, of what he did for us. But I don't know that he looks like the son of Mary anymore. I mean, we don't know. So I'm just saying I don't know. I'm not telling you. I'm just saying that maybe that they didn't even recognize him. So Jesus was before he came through Mary, through her DNA, right? Jesus was already before. In fact, it tells us in John, John 1, right, that the world was made, as even as I prayed just some moments ago, that as the world was made, and when God spoke, we read in Genesis that God spoke and it was done, but we read in John that he spoke through Jesus, because Jesus is the Word. It says that the Word became flesh and walked among us. That's Jesus. So here it is. Here's Jesus, and he's standing there, and this is how Jesus comes to us. It's the same exact thing. You're just going through your life, and then all of a sudden... Something just clicks, right? Who, who can experience this, that when you came to Christ or you came back to Christ, that everything was just going along, you're just doing your thing, you're tending your flocks, you're out there in the wilderness, and, 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 and in the wilderness really is so many things we just don't have time to go into, but, you know, it can be a place, it could have been a place of loneliness, could be a place of, it could symbolize depression, it could just be, it could symbolize separation, it could symbolize a whole bunch of things. And then all of a sudden, Jesus is there. You don't quite know, because what do you know about Jesus? When, when you got saved, did you know everything about Jesus? You might not even really have known anything about Jesus. All you know is, there's some, I, there, I, this is interesting. This moment's interesting. Anybody can agree? Anybody been there? That's all it started. I'm not saying that's how it ended. It became clear who it was. It was Jesus. And then we learn about him just as Moses. I mean, he, this burning bush becomes part of his life. And it seems like uh, God could care less about my order of notes in my timeline, so I'm just going to keep going ahead of myself as I've already been. So, so I'm not even going to try to keep it in order. So let me just say it now. Not only that, not only that, that finds you that way, you don't know about it, but that, let's get a picture of this. Not only that, but that Jesus is here, and he appears to Moses, and that same Jesus who appears to him right here in this moment he becomes, this bush becomes an experience that Moses doesn't just have once, but continues to walk with, right? And meets with God like this, right? They, the fire continues to burn. Don't let the fire go out, right? We read all the way into when it even goes out of the tent, goes into the temple. 
What's that fire? It's this fire right here. Don't let it go out, the fire of God. And the word of God was in there, right? The tabernacle's in there. The tree of life, the menorah, is in there. And, and the, uh, the, the manna is in this, in, this tab in this room, right? In this place, in this temple. And then the whole temple gets crushed. All gets ruined and they think it's all done. And what Satan didn't realize and what the Jews don't realize is that it all went into Jesus at the cross. And then when Jesus rose again and sent the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit took that entire tabernacle. He took the manna. He took the menorah, right? He took the staff that budded and he took the law. And he took all of those things and he came down through the Spirit and into our hearts. And now the burning bush is in your heart every moment of every day. And now, let's look at it in that perspective. Will we do what Moses did, or will we just keep going on with our day? And I think that the Lord is doing this to, the Lord is actually standing there much more often than we like to acknowledge or we realize or that we listen to. And it says that when he went, verse 3, and he says it's a great sight, Verse 4 says, so when, in the New King James, Exodus chapter 3, verse 4, right? I, I painted this whole picture now, so now it's not just a Moses experience. This is not just an Old Testament experience. The order, I didn't plan on this order, but the Holy Spirit just did it. So now we've got it. It's Jesus. And through the Holy Spirit, it's not just Jesus on the earth and the flesh, but it is right here, right now, through the Holy Spirit, through his word, He's standing here, even in this room right now, is just standing there, and we can just pass him by and say, that was nice, that was a nice Sunday, that was a nice sermon, that was a nice worship time, and that's interesting, that's amazing, and we could just keep going, or we can turn aside. Everybody say, I'm going to turn aside and just stop for a moment and recognize that maybe God has a moment for me, that maybe there's a moment that God has for me right now. That I don't want to just keep going through. We just go through life and we're just going through the motions. And so many times the Lord's like, just stop. Just stop. How many signs do I need to put in your life that you need to stop doing what you're doing and just listen to me? Because it's not just about you. Who knows that Moses was not just about him. He gets to have this amazing experience. In fact, it says that he sees him, you know, he, he sees him and lives. He sees God by, to his face like the Lord just shows him a little bit of his, his leg or so. His, he shows him like the, the heel of his ankle of some sort, right? Turns his back to him and, and Moses sees him and his face shines with glory. That's amazing. And then he goes in and, and meets with him like that and meets with God constantly. But you know, it's not about that. That's not the story of Moses. The story of Moses was about a man who stopped and listened to the Lord and put himself aside and put his own inadequacies aside and, and his, own, his own thing. And, and I was in Egypt and, and I'm just going to keep preaching because I, I can't I can't try to. So hopefully you're getting it. <laughs> but I'm going to put Egypt aside, and, and I gotta, I'm going to put this, you know, it's been, it was 40 years in Egypt, and now 40 years out here in this wilderness, and I got a thing figured out, God. I got a wife, and I got some kids, and, you know, and I got a father-in-law here, and this is good now, and I'm taking care of the sheep. And, but the Lord's like, but yeah, but I got millions of people for you to reach. Now, do you know if he didn't turn aside, there was nothing. His life was, it's substanceless. There's lifeless. So in one sense, for you to have life is only found in Jesus. 
Without Jesus, there's no life. So I want to talk really just in these next couple of minutes about two things. Number one is that it's only found in Jesus. You only have life in him. There is no life outside of him, outside of his tabernacle, outside of that place, that intimate place with him that Moses doesn't just have an encounter with but then continues to walk in. That's what made Moses who he was, but his call was really why God did it. He just got to have the benefit of God's presence. And remember when they tried to argue with him and they're like, well, Moses, what's the difference between you and I, right? Miriam and, and, and Aaron, and they're having this big thing. And we have Korah as well and, and all those messes where they try. And the Lord's like, listen, I meet with this guy face to face. Do you? So it was amazing. That was incredible. That's special. And we actually get that through Christ. It tells us, it tells us in Ephesians to come boldly before him because of Jesus. You can read the same thing in Hebrews. We can actually come boldly. We have the same entrance, the same burning bush experience, except now uh, unveiled. Unveiled, it says. Unveiled. We have that same experience available to us through Jesus and his blood, and, and that is incredible. And, and many people spend their whole lives just trying to get there, and that's like the climax of their Christianity, and it's off. It's wrong. Jesus, his goal is not to spend your life making you right and having an intimate place with you. That's a benefit on this earth. That's a benefit, and it's a benefit you can't live without. So in a sense, you could say, that's it, and honestly, I'd rather you have that and you've done nothing for him than the other way, where you don't have any intimacy with him and you don't do anything for him either, like the world or like a mediocre, lukewarm Christian who just says, yeah, I know him, I knew him, you know, I was on fire as I just felt like to pray even in prayer as we were worshiping. I was on fire. I hate that statement. When I was on fire. Back when I got saved and I was on fire for the Lord. I hate that statement. I think that's such a mockery of God. To say I was on fire. Past tense. It should be a heart cry that follows out. Lord, I have to keep burning for you. I have to keep burning for you. I want to keep turning aside. Because it says to us here. It says that when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, the NLT says, and in the New King James, it says, it says, when the Lord saw that he turned aside to look. Remember, there are millions of people at stake that he's going to use Moses for, and yet the Lord still stands there, Creates a scene, just like he does in all of our lives, enough to say, I think I should turn to Jesus. I think I should. And how many times do you witness to someone and they're crying and they're weeping and, and I think I'm, I'm going to just turn everything over. And then the next day comes and it's like, well, I got some things figured out. That was cool. And they either just completely walk away or they walk in it in just a lighthearted, meaningless way. And honestly, that's between them and the Lord. That's not for me to judge, but one, it's not a life that I would encourage you to try to live. 
But even with millions of people at stake, the Lord is standing there and it says that he waited for Moses to turn to him. It says, come on, this is the word, it's not my words. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush. I think many times we're waiting for God. We say we need a sign from God to to walk in our calls and to do what he's asked us to do as if he's going to come down with doves and like hanging the call, you know, like in front of your face. Instead, you have an unsaved brother or sister right there next to you and you've got the gospel and you've got the, the commission already done and we're waiting around and it's like God's trying to say, I'm already standing here. It's already done. I've already gone on the cross. My blood's already shed. Satan's already defeated. Will you turn aside from your life to me now? Because if you do, I'm going to answer you there, and we're going to do something with this life of yours. And so it says, when he saw him coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush. Who has found this? That I I remember when I was already had already been saved, grew up in a Christian home, and at 15 years old, I just knew I need to get serious about the Lord. And this tugging, actually, at 14 years old, I started to feel like this depression and this heaviness and this weight on me, and I didn't know what it needed. And I've even been sharing with my sons, like, I understand, because I know what it was like to be a young man, a young teenager, but, you know, you're in this environment, and and especially trying to be a Christian in, in the world, in a, in, in a surrounded by worldly teenagers, and it's like, this something's just not right, because I had the knowledge in my head, and it needed to make it its way to my heart. I needed to have an encounter with Jesus in the burning bush, and I knew of him. Come on, Moses knew of God. Moses was selected, come on, and put in the Nile, and he was separated, and, and he was protected, and now he's just thinking, I'm just going to live life, and, and I, I know who he was, and even at 40 years old, he went into Egypt to try to do things in his own strength, and then the next day, he's thinking, hey, guys, and we can read about this in Acts 7, too. You, you guys can go read that another time. And it's in Acts 7, and, and we can find it in Exodus uh, right there in chapter 1, 2, and 3, right? And that he, he tries to do it in his own strength, and now he thinks, you know what? I just got life figured out. 80 years old. 80 years old. You know what? This is good. I got a good thing going. I got the knowledge of God. I know who he is. I got things figured out. Come on. And, and, and you know, the Lord came to me the same way, and I just knew and I'm telling you that right there at 15, it was I was not perfect, just as Moses is. Moses is not perfect either. Moses got to go through some things too. Come on, just because Jesus comes and does something in your life doesn't mean you're perfect in that moment. But there's a spark to him to start working on some things. And he's still working. Thank you, Lord. That you're still working. You're still gracious to me. Thank you, Lord God. And he's gracious to us. But something happened there where I, where I crossed, I turned. Come on. Nobody made me do it. In fact, I've told, if you know me, I've told you before that my best friend said to me, you used to be a lot cooler. Suddenly I wasn't as cool because I wanted to know this God of mine. I didn't want to talk like 
them anymore. I didn't want to do the things they were doing anymore. I had to turn aside, and Jesus didn't make me do it. And in fact, all of my friends had the same opportunity because they were Christian, quote-unquote. But if they were weighed on the scales in heaven by their works, come on, we don't live by works, but the works are the fruit that tell you the seed inside. I don't know what the Lord would have found. I pray that's, again, that's between them and the Lord. But I know that my works didn't match the seed I said I had in there. And so the seed had to move. I had to turn, to turn to him and move it into a place in my heart where I didn't just see it and recognize it and say, yeah, I know that's amazing. Jesus is amazing. Jesus is so good. God is so good. Yeah, walking with God's awesome. This is amazing. I turned and it became a personal thing. And then the commission happened. In fact, I was just remembering that this morning. I'm seeking the Lord this morning and, and just praying. And, and the Lord reminded me, you know, sometimes... You know, we're so funny. I don't know, maybe it's the whole world, but I feel like Americans especially do this, that we want to find ourselves. Like, who am I? Like, what's, what's my identity? Like, who am I? You may not say that, but you're like trying different things and different hobbies and, and, and go take this. Uh, you try, you know, to take, get a degree in this and it's not quite you. And it's like, I, then we'll try this. And we're all trying to figure ourselves out. And, you know, I don't have to figure myself out. Because I told the Lord at 15 years old, I'm going to serve you the rest of my life. And I didn't even fully know what that commitment meant. But I made a covenant with God, and I better, well, stick to it. <laughs> I told him, I'm going to serve you the rest of my life. Now, life had a way of, you know, you got to now try to provide for your family and do all these things that you don't think about at 15, and that kind of makes you have to figure out what that commitment meant. But the Lord is really just, just like Moses. It's like, okay, it's time to go back. It's time to go reach that people now. And I just feel like the Lord is speaking to all of us. You have, I'm not talking necessarily a turning like at salvation. That was a turning. But I feel like the Lord's tugging on me this week to turn again. Come on, Moses made it a lifestyle to turn to this. He made it a lifestyle. God called to him from the middle of the bush, and he said, Moses, Moses. He called his name, just as he called my name, just as he's calling your name, but he's calling us again, and he's calling us again. Don't forget that he called you. Don't forget. Don't forget that he called you. He called you, and he separated you, I mean, just like Moses, really, he's a picture of us as believers. Death came to kill you, right? Death was killing all of his peers, and he was protected. The Lord protected him, but he still had to turn aside, right? The Lord protected you, and he gave you life. And, and I think so many Christians that make it to heaven, and I say that like that on purpose, and you can read into that the way you want, but... The Christians that make it to heaven, I think so many of them are going to be disappointed when they see who they were supposed to be and what they were supposed to do with the life he gave them. That their life journey was not to perfect themselves, 
but yet that that was supposed to be happening in his presence automatically just because they're spending time with him and that their life journey was to do what he called them to do. And it only happens when we turn, if we will never say, okay, Lord, it will never get easy. You know Moses' story, and if you don't, you can go and read it. He pleads with the Lord in Exodus 3 and Exodus 4. I can't. That's not me. You got the wrong guy. I don't know who you're talking to, but I can, I'm a, I'm a stumble with my words. I'm not the guy. And the Lord doesn't want to hear your excuses because it's not you anyway. It's him. And he makes it really, really clear. And that's another sermon, so we won't get into that. But he makes it really clear that it's him. But I'm telling you today that if you don't make the decision to, to I'm talking another commitment level. I'm not judging any of you. I'm judging myself. But another level. If we will not turn to him in a whole in a new way, God has people waiting for us even just starting this church, actually, it was a lot easier for Dawn and I to have Bible study at the house than having church every Sunday. Actually, it was probably, no offense, but it was probably the best time of my life. And yeah, I love you. It's just much harder, but I love you. <laughs> but it was really easy, and, and Jesus didn't make us. And it was no amazing, like, grand sign. It was just enough for me to notice I see a bush burning there. There's something to this. And as I got closer to it, as I started to say, there's something to this moment. And I, right, and all of us, there were many of us that were in that moment together as we started creeping towards that bush. Man, the Lord then began to speak. This is what I have for you. And it's, then it's like, well, no, I, that's not what we expect. This is not what we want, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Just like Moses. But the Lord's doing it again. I just know it. He's calling us again, calling us to that bush again. He's calling us into his presence again, and we get the benefit of his presence. That's amazing, but that's not the end goal. It's to then be sent out of his presence with a message. We need to be the message for him. Amen. Amen.